welcome to the Diversity Gap Academy, where good intentions meet true cultural change. My name is Bethany Wilkinson, and I am your host. Hi there, good people. I hope you are doing well this Tuesday. We are back at it with our culture series here on the Diversity Gap Academy podcast. Thanks for listening in. I want to give a special shout out to the first few members of our Patreon community, Kayla, Heather, and Polly. I'm so glad you've joined us as members. I hope our content is encouraging and empowering for you as you create diverse and liberating cultures wherever you have influence. Thank you for joining and supporting this work. It means more than you know. So thank you. For today's episode, we are returning to our culture series, and the topic for today's lesson is all about challenging the hero narrative. Challenging the hero narrative. As I mentioned in a previous episode, one of the key pillars of an organizational culture is stories. I actually can't think of any aspect of a culture that is more significant than the stories we tell ourselves about who we are and what we're about in the world. Stories are powerful, not only because of how they stick in the human brain, but because they quickly help us identify who to trust, who to follow, who to believe, and how to behave. Rather than listing a set of values or priorities, you can tell a story and it gives the hearers of that story a quick and digestible snapshot of what matters most in any given context. And what's so interesting is that this storytelling power can motivate the best and the worst in us as people. We just celebrated Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s life and legacy yesterday. MLK's story is one of conviction, leadership, justice, and one of really challenging the status quo. When we hear his story, we get caught up in the dynamic force for justice and liberation he was as a person. No one has to tell you all of the details of Dr. King's specific values and methodologies. You hear his story and you just know. You know who this man was. You know why he's a hero. You know what he's about. And you already have a sense of what it takes to be a part of the story he was telling with his life. Our organizational stories function in much the same way. For example, when you join the team of a new company or organization, a core aspect of the onboarding process usually includes someone sitting down with you and telling you the story of how the company came to be. This story begins to instill in you key values about how the company operates. It also establishes a sort of reverence for whoever the founding leaders or community members are. It's a powerful tool of an organization's culture. Some would even call it indoctrination, (laughs) Um, but we can discuss that at a later time. Now, what does this have to do with creating a more diverse organizational culture? Here's the thing. When you begin pushing for internal organizational change in an effort to include new voices and more diverse perspectives or in an effort to design more equitable programs overall, you may very well be threatening the foundational stories of your organization. And when foundational stories are threatened or challenged, it's very disruptive, especially for those who establish the current status quo. A few years ago, I was working with an organization that had a very strong founding story. 
everyone who worked for the organization could tell the story at the drop of a hat. This was a good thing for the organization because everyone involved was trained to quickly and clearly communicate who this organization was and what they were about. This got complicated, however, when I started to prod at the underlying issues the organization was facing related not only to diversity, but to racial equity. Racial equity is about more than having diverse representation of people from various backgrounds in a room. Racial equity is about equal outcomes for people from different racial backgrounds. Racial equity is about giving everyone what they need to participate on the same terms as everyone else involved. Racial equity is also about justice and about righting the wrongs of history so that people from different racial backgrounds can experience a more liberating future. So with racial equity in mind, I started asking questions like, what role did systemic racism play in creating the diversity gaps this organization is currently facing? I wanted to know, what would it look like to design programs that respond to the root issues of unequal access in this community? I also wanted to know what role is cultural supremacy playing in today's programs and how, how do we fix that? These questions, I realized, went to the foundation of who this organization believed itself to be. I mean, think of it this way. You're starting a nonprofit because you see a problem you think needs solving. You work hard, you raise money, you build a brand, you tell the story, and you invest sweat and tears and every ounce of yourself to get this organization off the ground. And then five, ten years later, some person you hire or a consultant you bring in says, hey, this is all fine and good, but your foundations are um, kind of racist or they have some racist underpinnings and they've excluded people from all these different groups over the past 10 years and we need to fix it. If you're the founder of this nonprofit, how would that make you feel? Horrible, right? I mean, I would imagine, I imagine what if this happened to me and I think I would feel all sorts of things. I would feel defensive and angry and entitled to my perspective and sad and guilty and probably ashamed and honestly I would probably hate to get that kind of feedback but for many of us as diversity change agents this is the kind of feedback we have to give in order to see cultures change so how do we navigate this What do we do when we have to challenge the hero narratives and founding stories of an organization? I have three tips. Number one is to stick with it. If your organization is going to change, disruption is inevitable. Discomfort is inevitable. The hard conversations and the confrontational questions are essential. So don't back down when others are threatened by the challenge you're bringing. There are different methods for challenging the hero nar- narrative, and, and I will say it does take some finesse, but it's important that you keep applying pressure in a way that is sustainable and effective. If you stop applying pressure because it makes people uncomfortable, nothing's going to change. I think the best way to sustain this application of pressure is to do this work with others, whether it's a formal internal committee or an informal working group. Be persistent. Ask the hard questions. Even if people aren't tracking with you, it's important, I think, for your own sanity that you keep asking the hard questions. 
there is a lot to be restored and healed related to racial equity within our organizations. And so even if other people can't see it or choose not to see the diversity gaps you see, it's important that you stick with it and that you keep seeing it. So that's number one, stick with it. Number two, be mindful of how challenging the hero narrative is impacting the leadership of your organization. For some leaders, being challenged in this way is a gift. They love innovation. They love the hard questions. They want to go there. But for others, it's pretty painful, uncomfortable, and really ego-breaking. Questioning their good intentions and critiquing the work they've given their lives to is difficult for them to manage. I understand it. I understand if I was in those shoes, I think it'd be difficult to manage too. So be mindful of how your leadership, your leadership team or executive leadership, your board, especially if you're working with a founder, be mindful of how they are responding to your efforts to diversify your culture. This is important to pay attention to for a couple of reasons. Number one, if you're working with a leader or a founder who refuses to challenge their own narratives and who doesn't have eyes to see the diversity gaps they created or actively or are actively creating, then it will be really difficult for you to make progress. And at that point, you have to decide, A, is it worth it? And B, if you're the right person for the job. Now, I know I said before to stick with it, and I mean that. But if you stick with it as long as you can, and your leadership cannot or will not change, then you may need to take your activist energy elsewhere. Because if they aren't open to doing the dance of transformation with you, or if you don't have the mental and emotional capacity to continue doing the dance of transformation with them, then you're going to exhaust yourself and stress them out. So again, be mindful of how your leadership team, your founder, your board is experiencing the challenge you're bringing. Not because it's your job to make them see things your way, because honestly, you can't make people see things your way, but you need to have a pulse on how much change is likely to happen in your context. And then you have to decide how involved and on what terms you want to participate in your organization's diversity, equity, and inclusion work. Okay, number three. The third way to navigate this dynamic of challenging the hero narrative is to look for glimmers of hope. Now, I'm not the most optimistic person, truth be told, but I found one of the best ways to win people over is to find moments, no matter how small, where people within your organization practiced equity or where they dignified a marginalized perspective. Find moments where justice and liberation were embodied. Capture those moments and share them with others. Not only will this encourage you, but it will help others who feel discouraged in this work. It will help them feel like they're making progress. One of the most challenging parts of creating a diverse and liberating culture is that it's such a long road. My dad, he served in the Navy for many years, and when I get discouraged in my work with organizations, he reminds me, Bethany, it takes a long time to turn a big ship. It takes a long time to turn a big ship. If you are leading change efforts within an organization that has existed for 10, 15, 25 years, you're dealing with a big ship. The stories and the hero narratives that have kept that ship on its current course have been told for years. Those stories can't and won't change quickly. But if you find glimmers of hope, 
platform and amplify those glimmers, the story can change over time. The best antidote to a story of exclusion is a story of radical inclusion. So find, live, and tell more inclusive stories involving the members of your organization and involving the kinds of people that you hope to become a part of your organization in the years to come. Find, live, and tell those stories and see how people respond. All right, folks, that's all I've got for today's lesson. I hope to catch you online via Patreon or on Instagram in the days to come, and you will hear from me with the next lesson on Friday. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you for checking out this episode of the Diversity Gap Academy. To support the show, you can subscribe, rate, and review. To learn more about the Academy, visit www.thediversitygapacademy.com. And until next time, may your good intentions for diversity lead to true cultural change.